yeah, yeah, I'll introduce you to Sam and then we'll talk for a while in coffee break. Welcome to the Create and Vent Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Cook, along with Pat Regan. And today we have a very special guest that I've not known for quite a while. His, his name is Dr. Assam Namuz. How are you doing, Assam? Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Good, good. Assam has a doctorate in mechanical engineering, so we'll kind of ask him about the process of that. He uh, works for himself, has done some very interesting stuff, so we're really excited to talk to him today. So I guess you're you're in your office now, you work from home. What's up? Uh... Yeah, this is my office slash uh, children homework help station slash <laughs> a little bit of everything. <laughs> nice, nice. So you work for yourself now. I guess your, your wife has a full-time job, more I guess a more traditional job, or if you can even call it that. Yeah. And you uh, you work from home, you do various projects and also help out with help out with the kids i mean you know having again I, i've known Hassan for years and we've um we've had the kids our respective kids together and, and i remember my wife saying wow he really has just think just being so impressed with how prepared a father you were with you know like sunblock and everything else and anyway sunblock so, so good good for you <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> yeah, we learned we learned with the first child, and the uh, the second one, you know, reaps the benefits of of what you learn. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's very. I true. use the little single serve sunblock packets. They look like little packets of ketchup. <laughs> okay. I can keep them in my in my backpack and then share them with people if they didn't bring sunblock. <laughs> you know, without well, having very... to worry about smearing other people's slime all over yourself. Nobody has to feel uncomfortable. I feel like you probably need a lot of sunblock, Pat. Is that, I uh, do. Is that accurate? It's a, that is very accurate. If I go outside, <laughs> I turn red, and it's painful, and it hurts for days, and then I don't want to go back outside. You know, sunblock's expensive. Whenever we travel, my, my wife needs a lot of sunblock, and we got to take a whole other check bag just for the sunblock. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you can't of, carry it on, so. Uh, a lot of sunblock. You know, when I was younger... You know, living in Florida, I thought, well, you know, you get a like a base tan, and then you can like whatever, you can go out in the sun. But, but that's not that's not good advice for for anybody. <laughs> it's it's not there. They, I don't want to say they, but I, you know, I keep reading that you know, a little sun is good, but any any sun exposure is rough on you. If it's like if you're going to be going out there just to make yourself turn color and be more prepared for later, that's rough on your system. That's a, bad, that's a bad I mean, idea. That's... I'm not a medical doctor or a scientist or anything. I, But it makes sense from an engineering perspective that just, uh, you know, rain and, uh, you know, radiation. Uh, radiation. I don't want to say radiation yeah, like it's scary, that's... but, you know, energy. Energy into your skin, right? Well, you know, people like us need a, need a good excuse to stay inside. And stay away from oh, the sun. yeah. I can't get any sun. I don't want to get irradiated. <laughs> Give me another excuse to stay on my computer all day. <laughs> nice, nice. Now, now, Assam, how I know how you know me, but just for the audience, we worked together at a, I guess you know, a, a bearing company. You, you were actually my, you worked as my co-op a long, it's long all time ball ago. Bearings these days. What's that? <laughs> it's, it's all ball bearings these days. It's all ball bearings these days. I wish yeah. I had the fake teeth to put in to. Was that flat? Is that a? Fletch. What's that? That's from Fletch. Oh, okay. I haven't, Chevy Chase. I haven't seen that. So. You worked in a bearing company and you don't know the the bearing joke. The only one in popular culture. It's all ball bearings nowadays. So. <laughs> well, I'm glad you informed me of that. I, I only knew the uh, Tim Can Wear Your Turn song, which is, you know, um, not that great. So I guess it was, um, 
see, I think my sophomore year at Clemson, I was, it was about, uh, I don't know, maybe this is, I don't know if we want to say the date, but back, you know, back 2006, we were both a little bit younger back it was, then. It was a while ago. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I was looking for these co-ops and, and everybody is telling you, you got to get experience. You're never going to make it as an engineer if you don't get experience. <laughs> Nobody's going to hire you. Um, so that was a big push. You know, everybody should, should find a co-op. So, you know, I interviewed a bunch of places. Anyway, this, this Timken job, and, and I don't know if you guys have to take that out later, if we can say Timken or not, but I don't, I don't think there's an issue with it. I think it's uh, fine. Um, you know, they made me an offer, so I decided to go uh, co-op at Timken. And so, lo and behold, who's my uh, magnificent boss there? The best boss you could ever get at a co-op? Uh, well, Jeremy, that, Jeremy Cook. That's, that's, very, that's very nice of you. So, <laughs> and now Jeremy's my boss. No, no, you were a fantastic co-op, obviously, and you know, good friend now, and you know everything else. And now you've now you have your doctorate in engineering. You've um, that's yeah. awesome. So, so why why did you um, you know think about that? You you got your doctorate. So what is wh- why did you do that? What does that involve? What what's um? I assume you know. it's not if my car gets sick, I bring him into a doctor of engineering. <laughs> You know, that's what a lot of people think. They think just because uh, you're, you're an engineer or whatever that you can fix their car. They'll call me like, hey, my car won't start. And I'm like, uh, call AAA, get it towed or something. I don't, I don't know what you want me to tell you. Well, you know, my father was an engineer. Uh-huh. But I it was not- trains. Choo-choo oh. trains. Not the, not the educated. He did not have a doctorate in driving uh, did he, uh Did he drive the Polar Express? We just did that one. No, nothing that fancy. All, it's, it was just freight. Boring, oh, okay. slow, uh, heavy. I guess they're scary heavy now. If he was here, I'd ask him if he was still here. We'd find out if these new trains are scary or not. Yeah, so anyway, co- co-op went great. Uh, move on. It's time for me to graduate. I, I had no clue what I wanted to do. <laughs> um, I had met a cool advisor there, a, a professor at Clemson, and um, he said... Hey, have you ever thought about staying to get your master's degree? And I was like, uh, you know, not not really. I don't. I'm not exactly. I wouldn't say I love school. You know, I, I wasn't exactly the best student. Um, and he said, well, you know, you can get this. You know, we can get you different opportunities, and you can do some research projects. You know, your your master's would be free essentially. We'd also pay you a little stipend. Um, and for somebody indecisive like me, that sounded pretty good. Like I didn't have to make a decision about getting a job and. You know, here's this guy telling me I can go to school for free and get paid a little bit, and uh, you know, I give Clemson football another couple years to try to try to make it better because you know they weren't as good when I was there. So, um, so sure, let's let's do this master's thing. So rolled right into it. Um, pretty cool. I started my master's. I uh, my initial. So the way the way it works is, you know, they'll pay for you to go to school. A lot of these schools will pay for you to get your master's, your PhD, and in return, you work for. A research professor on a project um, and so the first project I got put on was actually a BMW project uh, which was really cool I actually spent a couple months in Munich working for one of their design teams there so I lived in Munich for two months um, did you work on the blinkers I heard they have trouble with their blinkers <laughs> I, I cannot comment on exactly <laughs> what, I, uh, <laughs> what I worked on um, but conveniently, they sent me there the first weekend of Oct- or the last weekend of Oktoberfest, so I got to experience Oktoberfest. Oh so, man, uh, that, that wasn't was a- very convenient for them, I assume. <laughs> it was a it was an added benefit. So anyway, a uh, couple months in Munich doing doing some research for BMW, uh, came back, 
kind of almost the same thing at the end of my master's, you know, this discussion was, well, what are you going to do now? And, uh, you know, I had, I had started a lot of, I've done some good research. I had written a thesis at that point. And again, my professor said, you know, there's still opportunities if you want to continue, uh, you know, you're over, you can, you can roll your thesis into your PhD studies. You've got a good rolling start. You're talking about another, you know, two years, two to three years. Um, you can get your PhD. Uh, and I said, you know, I don't know, man, I've been in school forever. I'm ready to go do something. And he said, you know what, why don't you just try it a semester? There's nothing locking you in. Try it. If you want to look for jobs, if you find something, you decide you want to go, no hard feelings, uh, but you haven't decided what you're going to do yet. Why don't you just stick around for another semester, start working towards it until you decide what you want to do. All right, so let's do it. Uh, next thing you know, a couple more years roll through <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm ready, ready to graduate my PhD. So, um, Nice. So, very, very so, cool. when, so when you do that, you typically you get your master's and your PhD, and that kind of it kind of rolled into each other. Is that is that kind of how that worked? Yeah, that's how mine worked. Uh, different people do it different ways. You know, your master's, you have thesis and non-thesis option. I happen to do thesis option, um, which helps, right? Because a, you're practicing your writing skills, you're practicing um, communication skills. You're doing research that you're eventually for a PhD, you're forced to do research. So people that go non-thesis route in the master's don't have that initial research experience. And it's, it's a bigger, bigger taking for them in the PhD. And, and what was your thesis on? What would you do there? Um, so my master's thesis was on uh, mass and assembly time savings on vehicles. Hmm. Um, so it was uh, what we eventually called the lazy parts project. Uh, looking for what in a vehicle are lazy parts or parts that don't really add functionality or, or um, significant performance or things like that. So right. we call them lazy because, you know, maybe somebody just needed to bridge the gap between two parts and this, you know, this plastic piece did the job. But, you know, this plastic piece costs you 50 cents and it's another part and uh, there's weight. Um, and so we really tried to develop a system to, to find lazy parts in a vehicle. I'm going to tell everybody you're the guy that shaved the last uh, five pounds off my Miata. <laughs> Did it help? Yes. It's nice to have. That was a fun little car. Cause they're... You know, I look at those and I think I weigh more than the Miata sometimes. <laughs> you might. It's a, it's a weird car. Like the, the, the original ones were pretty slow, but boy, did they break and handle and they just felt like so much fun. It was the slowest car I owned at the time, but it was one of the most fun cars I've ever owned. It seems to be one of the favorites to modify. Yeah, there's a whole autocross racing league that is, it's called Spec Miata. You're not allowed to modify it. Like, there's simple modifications they let you do because the cars are old and they break now and you have to replace things. But it's the cheapest racing, like actual car racing that you can get into is buying an old Miata and running it at the track. Yeah, I've been in one one time, and it was just too too small for me. So, and you know, Assam's a, yeah. you know, we, we're both pretty pretty large guys. And yeah. if I, I were I any imagine. taller, I wouldn't have bought mine. I sat in one, and I adjust, like if you adjusted, if I bend my legs just a little too much, and then you know, it, I was like, yeah, now I fit, now it's fine, it's, and I'm comfortable. I, I can't remember the movie. Is it the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he rips out the front seat and sits in the in the back? I That's know what, what I movie it is. That's Police Academy. <laughs> That's police get the tall football player that I can't remember his name. He, it, uh, yeah, he ripped out the Volkswagen Beetle front seat. Was it, it Hightower? The was that his name? It was Hightower. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that's Jeremy in your Miata. He's going to rip out the yeah. front seat. <laughs> but there's no back seat. There's nowhere to go. 
Uh, yeah. No, my when I bought my Miata, my friend's mother used to have a Miata, and she told me she used to keep her purse behind the seat. And the first thing I said, I looked at him like my eyes got big. I'm like, how do you fit anything behind the seat? It's because she was five foot tall, so she <laughs> sat with the seat forward, so she had an extra, a whole extra storage area that I just didn't didn't have. Huh. Well. There you go. There's no back seats in a Miata, right? That's just a no back seat. It's just, just a, there's a there's a shelf behind your head here. Oh, a shelf. That seems <laughs> sort of yeah, like where like between where the the lid goes down and folds into. There's a little bit of room there to set stuff. I I had a convertible back in the day, and I used to call that the fish tank because mine leaked, and and any time oh, no. it, it rained, I would just have, you know, I, I kept joking that I was going to get some goldfish and just uh, throw them back there. <laughs> oh man, for some reason I I thought. Your special had something to do with uh, with CAD, I and mean, I guess it all all does sort of. But is that is that right, or is that not right? Yeah. So I rolled. I, I eventually rolled that in, and my PhD does. So between my master's and my PhD, again, you know, you're working for the school, and they pay for your uh, education. And the way you compensate for that is uh, work for a research project or teaching opportunities. So a teaching opportunity came up where I uh, was teaching freshman SolidWorks class freshman CAD course uh, for for Clemson University. For the and General SolidWorks is one of the more expensive uh, CAD computer-aided design packages. It's like yes. Fusion 360 for the big boys. Right. Yes. Yeah. For anybody um, listening. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's great. And, um, I you know, I was already pretty comfortable with it. I started to teach it. Uh, I learned a lot of the in and outs of the program itself. And... You know, at the same time, I was looking for how do I elevate my research now from what I just did for my thesis? What is really my goal and uh, my PhD? And I started to look at, you know, how can we use a CAD model to estimate things like assembly time? Um, because you start to think about assembly time and how much it costs some of these companies. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity in terms of cost savings there. But it's a very tedious process to go through and try to, you know, estimate how much a part costs or how long it takes to assemble. Both of those are very, I mean, just pick up any part and start to say, you know, how would I even estimate how much this costs? Well, you All I know thinking. how to do is hit a stopwatch and try it and, you know, <laughs> at my desk here and do see how long it takes. Yeah, so uh, so that's where my mind started going. And, and right around this time is when um, artificial neural networks kind of became... I wouldn't say mainstream, but you were starting to see a little bit of talk. You were hearing a little bit. There was a little bit of excitement in the in the nerd world about this this neural network thing and, and what it does and, and how it works and how can you use it. Of course, now today it seems like everybody anybody can use one, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's one thing I kind of wanted to ask you about. You know, you see, um, you know, given your education and stuff, do you see, do you see AI tools being more useful for mechanical engineers like you're, especially people that are more into CAD, or you think that's kind of off to the side with coders and stuff? And that's an interesting question. I've I've dabbled in it a little bit in a couple of different ways. Um, in terms of engineering, I, I have used it to help me code. So I've been learning a little bit of Python um, the last couple of years. And where I would use it is when I get stuck. I'm not really sure I know how to do it, and I would ask um, ChatGPT or whatever. You know, how would I write code to do something like this? 
Uh, and I would really use it more, not necessarily to write the code for me, because it was usually part of a different code that I was trying to do, but it might help me find the correct function or how to iterate correctly or right. how to parse a list or, or something like that. The other place that I think it's been great for me is, you know, as I've started my own business, uh, I talk to companies and, you know, you need a non-compete clause or you need a uh, some kind of contract and you need... And we've never really taught how to do that, right? Nobody really knows how to do this stuff um, naturally. So I think that was a great place. You know, I'd say ChatGPT, write me a contract to work, you know, with these guys. Here's my here's my hourly rate. Here's some things that I want in the contract, um, and it would it would spit it out for me. Well, that's really excellent. I, I hadn't even I'd never really thought to do it with a contract like it, but that but that's that's a fantastic use of it. I'm I'm sure. Um, so that, that's where I've as an engineer found it useful. But what was your final focus? Was it was it CAD focus or what, was it? You said assembly yeah, based yeah, on CAD. Is that is that correct? So you could give me a CAD model of whatever you wanted. Um, say you modeled your headphones that you're wearing right now. You know, I I would you know in through SolidWorks, I would use the SolidWorks API. And and for for those that don't know API, API is just a way for um, for me to communicate with a program. It's it's created by the program and it lets me draw information from it. So I can. You know, it, it's it's created by SolidWorks, but there's things in there that I can use, like number of parts. I'm able to access that through the programming side of SolidWorks and analyze from it. From from your from your program, you're able to access stuff the inside of the other program through the API. The right. API. Thank you. Okay. Right. Yeah. So um, yeah, I built I built a program that would then look at the assembly, analyze it in terms of a, um, a handful of different metrics. I think it was 16 metrics now. You know, things looking like number of parts, the size of the parts, the complexity, meaning, um, you know, things like how many parts touch each other in this assembly. Uh, right. So I, I used multiple different metrics there. I drew those out. And what I actually, and this is where the net, uh, neural network comes into play is I uh, worked with some comp local companies to get what actual assembly times are on their products. And then I trained, I trained the network to say, okay, here's the model that you see from, from what's in SOLIDWORKS and here's the assembly time with it. And I did that for a handful of products. Um, and so then I was able to, any product you give me, I would put it in there, you know, analyze it with my program, withdrawing information from the CAD model. And then I'd use the neural network to estimate what the assembly time is. Oh, well, that's excellent. I mean, that makes a... That makes a whole lot of sense as far as what you would use a um, neural network for generally. I mean, as far as, you know, just so you're training it, but I mean, you're not programming it directly. You're using the neural network to say, okay, this based on based on this assembly time and this this CAD model, I'm inferring this, you know, you get a hundred of these those together. Inputs, all those assemblies, yes. all those number of components, those all flow through the network and you have a goal for what that should be. Yeah, this is neat to me because I'm not a, a real scientist. I think of science and I think of math and it used to always be about proofs and it has to be exactly, you have to explain exactly how you got there. And now we could do science where you just run stuff, just, I shouldn't say just, where you run stuff through a neural network, you hope it works out, you do it enough times and it works. And you, you don't have to do all the math from step one to step 12, you just, you just kind of you just kind of shove all the data in there and then yada yada yada. Just comes. Yeah. you said just too. We shouldn't be saying just because the yeah. the part that we're just putting it through is very complicated. Well, that's yeah, that's it, true. And and I will say, you know, I'm not a computer science expert. I I don't claim to be a neural network expert. There is a lot of you know, there's some hard science behind how those things work and and 
you know, there's a number of layers and number of uh, attachments that they look at, number of nodes and, and how they calculate that. Um, there's, I'm sure there's still opportunity even in what I did to improve because again, I never claimed to be a neural network um, expert. I, I merely used a neural network to, to do the work I, I needed to but, do the research I needed. You, you were doing this, I mean, you know, I don't know how long, you know, whatever, let's just say many years ago, many years before ChatGPT was a thing, you were doing this, this is way cutting edge at the time, I, I guess, or at least mm -hmm. for the general public, is that? Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's accurate. It was very new. I mean, nobody, there was no public access of a neural network. There was no ChatGPT that you could go yeah. um, just try out, you know. I remember when I was in high school messing with this stuff in the 90s, there, there was, but we didn't have any documentation. We didn't know how to do anything with it. It was just like, oh, cool, we have a neural network running and I can't do anything with it. But then my understanding is that it was very hot in the early 90s and then they couldn't figure it. We didn't have enough compute power to do anything with mm -hmm. it. So it just kind of was in the background. And then compute exploded, GPUs exploded, and now here we are. You were at the beginning of the of that hockey stick that we're in the middle of. Yep. You know, after that fantastic product placement in what, Terminator 2, when he says my processor is a neural network. A learning computer. Right? Isn't that what he said? So, you know, after that, everybody... Everybody was well, on board, because it was from the future already. From, from 1996, I believe, so, you know. Uh, and even, you know, when I was looking for jobs and things, that was kind of one of the buzzwords. Again, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm a mechanical engineer. I'm not a computer science guy, but in, in that world, you know, ANN, all over the place, neural network, ANN, uh, you know, neural network was, was pasted all over everybody's resume. And that's, you know, but that that's also kind of where they have the, uh, they put the cart before the horse kind of thing. Everybody, everybody wanted neural network, but they didn't know really why yet. Um, and I think people yeah. are starting to figure it out now, right? You're starting to see yeah. well, you were, satisfying you were needs the, with that. You were at the cutting edge of that, I guess. I mean, because it's, you know, you had a real practical application of it. Mm -hmm. uh, have you seen, how, where have you seen this? Have you seen your research used in the, in the, in the future? What, what, what happened with that? How did that, how did that all work out? The future is now is what Jeremy is saying. <laughs> now we are in the I'm future saying. from when you did this originally. Um, unfortunately, I, no, I don't, I didn't see anybody, you know, pick it up or commercialize it or anything like that. Um, you know, it still, it still needed some development. Like I said, there's a lot of processing time. Uh, it is kind of cool. I get the emails from Clemson that says, you know, you're, you're, uh, your thesis or your documents or your conference papers, whatever, have been downloaded so many times every month. You know, I'll get a thing that says, you know, a couple hundred people looked at your papers, which, you know, that, that's kind of cool. It makes you feel feel good. But Heck other yeah. than that. Well, it's interesting. I mean, even though maybe 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 the future, maybe the immediate future back then didn't didn't lend itself to that. But now that it's so, you know, in the public consciousness, I mean, perhaps you know, maybe, maybe that will be revived. Like you're saying, if there's hundreds of people downloading it, then, you know, it could be, could be very interesting even, even now, you, you know? Yeah. Know. Again, as the buzzword comes up, you know, that's one of the buzzword keywords in my, my research. So, you know, that, that stuff happens. You can't really believe all the download numbers either. <laughs> you know, everybody, everybody looking at anything like that, that's searching for those buzzwords are, are going to find it. It's going to ping those. Right. Well, that's still, still, that's still neat though. Um, yeah. I mean, just thinking about like just generally what you did, you know, having having your doctorate in engineering. What would you recommend that? Is it, has it opened up a lot of opportunities? What what would your would your thoughts be on that? I think it depends on the person. So what it opened up for me, and this will kind of lead to what I did after college, is I think having your PhD gives you the opportunity to say no a lot more. 
Um, you know, I went to apply for some jobs and I got offered a job that um, I think, I shouldn't say normal, a, a, a standard route of graduating from, from a, you know, a big university and even just, not just, with your bachelor's or with your master's um, would have been a great opportunity and probably somebody would have jumped on it. But I was able to say, uh, no, you know, I don't think that's what I want to do. And, and I turned down what I think most people would look at was a great job offer. Um, but I knew that I had a little bit of power in that I could choose exactly what I wanted to do. And so I, I told them and then, you know, a couple months later or whatever, they came back with a, with a different job offer. And it wasn't, it was about what I was going to be doing that made me choose what I wanted to do. Nice, nice. And so at that point, I started um, for a power tool company. Nice. I got taken straight into, um, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I think, um, you know, perhaps this would be a great time to take a coffee break. And when we come back, we can we can learn all about what you did, you know, what that opportunity was. And we can we can hear about that because I, I think, you know, I think we're all excited to hear about that and what what you did after after college. And, you know, I, I think you made some, you know, in my mind, you made some great improvements in some things. So. So we'll uh, we'll come back and we'll uh, we'll talk about that. Sound good? Sure. Sounds good Thanks. to me. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the coffee break. I'm uh, here with uh, Jeremy Cook, and we're going to read you the list of our top five patrons on Patreon. And since Jeremy has those in front of him over there, he's going to read the list. If that's okay. That's right. So, uh, so thank you so much. First of all, thank you so much for your support. We'll just go ahead and read them off. We got Timothy Moran. Uh, he's our Shack Steel level contributor. So that's a uh, pa- patron. So that's awesome. Carl, we appreciate you. Michael Sizer, Raptor, creatively spelled. Stuart Morrow, Brian Moses, and Positive underscore Waves. You know, we appreciate all you guys. It's um, you know, it's fantastic that you support us on this, and it's can't say thank you enough. So it's true, and you don't have to support us monetarily, Jeremy. We're we appreciate comments and likes and subscribes and, you know, any button or comment that you hit on any of our platforms, that helps us a lot. Me and Jeremy and you. Helps yeah, us all. That's right. So, yeah, thanks for that. And, and Pat, you know, one thing, um, you know, we didn't play any people today, but what about the uh, speak pipe? We should probably plug that, right? Oh, my goodness. I always forget about it. You can... You could go to a website and you can leave us a voice message if you go to speakpipe.com slash createinvent, all one word. And Jeremy will paste that up on the screen here if you're watching on YouTube. And there'll be a link in the description wherever you are. But that'll let you call in like it's an old-timey radio show. And you can, uh, we'll play your message on the air and we'll respond to it in some way. Yeah, yeah, we always love having uh, time-shifted live callers as as uh, as Pat has uh, as nommed, nominate. It's nominate. true. As we'll Pat has it. nominated them. I nominate them for live time. Oh, good. I, I was going to say time assisted. I can't even say time shifted live callers. Well, time assisted. I guess that's. We're assisted. assisted we're both assisted clock. by it and held back by time. That's quite a philosophical argument. I'll buy that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, thanks for uh, listening to our little spiel here. Um, we'll get you back to Dr. Asamnamuz. Jeremy told me I was supposed to do this, so I'm going to do this late, maybe, because I don't know when we're going to cut back. But welcome back from the coffee break, everybody. So Sam's got his... I, I got coffee. It's it my uh, Christmas gift. You know, the the, the best dad what? coffee mug from Christmas. Are you? My, the best mine's dad, just water. I drink all my coffee. All the kids in the world voted, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm officially the best. 
Yeah, I don't, I'm I don't disappointed know. I, think, uh, I don't qualify as a kid. They didn't send me out the <laughs> registration form for that. Sal, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my vote because I I think like I said earlier, I was impressed with your your sunblock game and everything else. So I'm I, I'll accede to your uh, to your coffee mug. So thank you, thank you. As long as they, you know they they only offer it once a year, I'm good until next year, and then uh, hopefully I get nominated again. <laughs> it's an honor just to be nominated. So, so Pat, I gotta ask, what's uh, sure. the question mark exclamation did i miss that earlier in the in some of the podcasts or i saw no, it on your mug is, and i saw it on the this is true this is our uh this is butter what from butterwhat.com. it's a website and uh we needed we it wasn't jeremy who needed it but me and my friend brian needed a we needed a third blog and we needed a place to put stuff that belonged to both of us and we've kind of halfway roped jeremy and we've kind of put the Oh, and this is a good segue, too. We have a Discord <laughs> server for Butter What, and the Create and Vent podcast is a part of that uh, Discord server. So if you go in your web browser right now to butterwhat.com slash Discord, you could come and chat with, uh, like, we don't do microphone chat. It's, uh, you know, typing, you know, chat room type stuff with Jeremy and myself and... 150 other people are usually there every day, and there's about a thousand, you know, people connected, but, you know, they're not as active. Right, so so yeah. what is, what is Discord? I know what Discord is, but maybe for the audience, uh, because I'm actually a big Discord fan. I love Discord. Are you really? Well, yes. if you go to butterwhat.com slash Discord, you could come and hang out with us, but it's a... I'm bad at explaining I, I, what Discord I'll, I'll is. Say, I'll say this. It's I'll like Twitter... But you can say more, and it's maybe a bit more healthy. It's more ephemeral than Twitter. Stuff is more I, I said, like you'll never see the stuff from last month in a Discord. I always yeah. thought it was like a live forum kind of thing. If I had to describe it, like a live forum where it's it could be just your friends, or you can choose which group of friends, right? You have many different Discords, and all your hobbies don't have to be the same group of people. And you know, I can go in there and talk about sports in one Discord, and then I can go talk about butter what in this one. Yeah, our but the butter what Discord tends to be. We've got like uh, we've got an interesting Venn diagram of uh, 3D printing and CNC machine stuff and uh, home cutting. network server stuff and one and video games over in another corner and yeah. it's it's a lot of things that a lot of people overlap with. We have a we have a good crew. I think yeah. it's, it's semi tech semi technical technically interested people and I will say there's some very knowledgeable people there. I've gotten some great great information and hopefully i put out some too yeah. so. and maybe you could stop by not i don't mean you but you in the audience in the world maybe you'll <laughs> stop by and you'll be one of our experts i'm pointing at you and so is jeremy yeah i was uh i was pointing at pat and assam earlier and they're like oh well what do you, what do you mean by that because i don't know where you are you know we got we got our um whatever screen up here and who knows where i'm pointing yeah, you remind me of the uh, Smoke, Smokey the Bear. You know, he's only you can prevent prevent forest fires. That's what you guys look at look like when you're pointing at the camera. Only you can come on the Butterwhat Discord. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and you better, or else. All right. So, so Assam, so Assam. All, all things, all that being said, you know, we get we we got our Discord, but now you, after after college, you went to work somewhere, and you were saying something about. You know something about uh, tool design, correct? Or maybe you didn't even say that, but I'm yeah. going to say that now. So I, I left after my PhD and um, went straight into a 
power tool manufacturing company. Um, they design and manufacture power tools. And I went directly into what's known as their advanced engineering group. I was just a, a member at that point of the, um, had a couple different names, advanced engineering, mechanisms group. Uh, it was really the team, you know, analytical kind of fell under that big umbrella of advanced slash mechanisms. It was really where it was less project engineering and more development, figuring out the difficult questions. Um, it was where people were coming to, it's the group that people would come to when they couldn't figure something out and it needed a, a deeper dive. You say difficult questions. Can, can you, I don't know if I can ask you for a specific example, but like what qualifies as a difficult question for for this um, group? I, I, mean, I mean, yeah, it could be, it could be very, it could be broad or, or, or um, more specific. You know, maybe even they had a drill that was not running fast enough or not high enough torque. Uh, they wanted to know, you know, what can we do with the, you know, maybe with the planetary gearbox? How can we keep the gearbox the same size, but we want to increase torque without uh, losing more than so much speed? Something like that would generally, you know, come to the analytical or the mechanisms team. Or uh, That's a fantastic there's, there's, question to be asked. I enjoy that one. Yeah. And can you tell us what company you're working for or would you rather not? Yeah, no, that's fine. I was working for uh, TTI. It was the first company I worked for, um, TTI. Manufacturers, Ryobi, Rigid, Power Tools. Um, oh, well, we can't be friends because all my Power Tools are Bosch. Yeah. So that's okay. I, I don't have any stock, so. <laughs> and I'm only joking. I hope that's obvious to everyone at home. <laughs> no, but but I mean, I gotta you know, you, you gave me some nice uh, nice words earlier, Sam. But I gotta I gotta say like like uh, Ryobi, their tools like you know. Whatever, a certain amount of time ago, I just thought they were kind of, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't have said nice things about them, but then, then I finally got them when, you know, after you'd been there coincidentally, or maybe not coincidentally, I got a, I got one from them. I'm like, this is actually a pretty good tool, and now I own several of them. So I think they've, I think they've stepped up their game significantly, and, yeah. you know, that was when you were there. So, you know. Yeah, I, you know, one thing, one thing I always tell people is power tools, especially cordless power tools, the world really changed once lithium ion kind of people figured out lithium ion and the ability for the batteries to last and put out, you know, loads of power. Um, it's amazing what you see on the shelves these days, what they're, what they're able to do. The, the best tool I ever bought was an $18 Harbor Freight 18 volt NICAD cordless drill. But it eventually died because NICAD's garbage. I mean, I knew that when I bought it. I just needed to. I needed to drill two holes, and that was like at twenty bucks. I could drill two holes with that. But you know, then when great... I was between, I was between drills, and I soldered on an XT60 connector, and I used my drone lipos on that drill. Now when I, I, I don't run it at eighteen. I run it at twenty-five volts now. And if I need to drill a, I just let her go. Yeah, let her rip. Go get her done i don't know the i don't know the terminology jeremy you're in florida you can help me out with that well Assam knows the correct terminology for operating a drill i would have to assume i mean i, I guess a lot of reps well, i meant fine. from like a the redneck engineering kind of <laughs> like what i did with that poor drill well look Assam lives in south carolina he's got a doctorate in engineering he worked for power tools company i feel like he's he is perhaps the most qualified person in the world to answer that question. This is a lot of pressure you're putting on me, and this wasn't in the in the notes. I wasn't prepared for that uh, for that answer. Jordan. You didn't study for this. <laughs> we'll just, just say let it rip. I think we can we can. All right, we can. I'll take it. I haven't burned so, it out I, yet, but I don't use it much. 
Also, great segue because um, after I left, I, I stayed at TTI for about six years, and then I went over to Harbor Freight. Actually, no way. So, yes, I worked for about two years for Harbor Freight, and as a, I mean, as a mechanical like nerd tech person, isn't Harbor Freight the coolest place to just walk around and like look around? I really love Harbor Freight. <laughs> I don't care about all the bad things people. I don't care that a lot of their stuff is junk. I love Harbor Freight. My rule is, is if I think I need a tool, I buy it from Harbor Freight, and if I break the tool, and I still need it, I'll buy a good one. I'll buy the yeah. best one that I can afford somewhere. I, I think it's a great, that's a great story. You just, it's like you just have to kind of know what you're getting into, and it's, it is what it is, and it's, 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 it's pretty awesome. So, yeah. I just, I do, I do remember when you first got that job. I, I went to Harbor Freight to get something. And they were supposed to close at six, but they closed at like five forty-five. And I just remember texting Asama like, "Look, you need to, you need to get on these people about this." <laughs> and of course, Asama had nothing to do with that. But um, Harbor Freight has stepped up their power tool game. Like when I bought that eighteen dollar, that was the cheap. That was that was their best tool. Maybe not their best. I mean, it was their best cordless drill, and it was not a premium. Now they have two or three premium brand names. In house, I mean, look at that. Assam, Assam just travels from tool manufacturer to tool manufacturer, improving them, stepping up their game. So, I don't yeah. know what's what's next. Make but... uh, make power tools great again. Can I can I use yeah. that or is that? Uh... <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's a new uh, that's a new slogan. I guess. <laughs> so... Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah, um, that was that was uh, interestingly enough at Harbor Freight. Um, I worked. This was during COVID that I transitioned over to Harbor Freight. Um, I never actually met anybody from Harbor Freight in person from hmm. the, you know from California. Uh, I met some of the guys that were hired on in South Carolina over here, but never any of the original Harbor Freight people. It was only over wow. Zoom calls and things like that. So, um, but now you, you've actually world. talked to the founder of Harbor Freight before. You, you he was fairly involved in the uh, in the business. Oh, yeah, is, that, yeah. is that correct? He's a, he's a big uh, mechanical hands-on kind of guy. So he always loved tools. He loves to hear about new tools and, and how they're working and, you know, how we're improving. And he loved that stuff. Oh, that's, that's, that's awesome to hear. So, yeah. I and mean, we, you know, it's, uh, I, I don't know, you know, it's, um, like you said, it's an awesome sort of browse around it and probably, probably something that, you know, like, like Pat was saying, sort of alluding to if, you know, maybe people don't have the, the money to get a, you know, the best, whatever, fest Milwaukee. Tool. The, what's that? Fest tool. The fest Their tool? Their stuff's tool. expensive. Yeah. It's a brand. Yeah. It's a brand. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, you you get that first and then, you know, you get whatever and then, or maybe it's And I'll you. tell you, 95% of the stuff that I buy at Harbor Freight that I expect to break and I expect to have to replace, I don't break yeah. and I don't have to replace. Is it one of those where you wish it'll break so you can get a new one, but no, it just, it no, just won't do it? Happy to keep, I'm happy to keep using the tool that I have. Yeah. I, uh, think, I think I told you guys, like, oh, you know, the new iPhone has a USB-C connector. That's pretty neat. She's like, yeah, but they're kind of expensive. I'm like, yeah, that's true. They are pretty expensive. But the iPhone afternoon, or the USB-C cables? The iPhone well, yeah, yeah, is what well, you're talking about. Well, they probably both are, but if they're made by Apple. but And then that afternoon, I go for a run. I trip over my shoelaces, and I smash my, my you know, five-year-old Android phone. And I'm like... Well, look at that. I need to get a new phone. So You harbor freighted your old phone. I harbor freighted. <laughs> Why didn't you tie your shoelaces is the, is the real question. Because well, he wanted a new phone. <laughs> he set himself up. I set myself up. So, you know, just like in, uh, you know, Breaking Bad or something, you got you to gotta make the injury. 
you know, realistic yeah. enough for people to believe that. Yeah, I mean, I, no, no, um, no hashtag ad or anything here, but you know, Harbor Freight with their new Hercules brushless stuff has uh, the five-year warranty. I don't know if you guys saw that. Oh, I didn't just, know that. You can just take your tool in there and get a new one if it breaks, uh, which is just pretty cool. Even even as a, if I didn't work there, you know, just the ability to walk into a store that's 15 minutes away and get a new tool if mine breaks is pretty attractive. Am is... I allowed to make a complaint about uh, Harbor Freight's warranty? I have one complaint that I learned on the internet, and I'm am I allowed to? Is it okay? I go for it. I I don't work there. They warranty their socket set. But you have to bring the entire set back. Like if you break a socket, you have to bring all 20 sockets back. So if you lost your 10 millimeter socket, which is apparently a meme on the internet that people lose the 10 millimeter socket, and then you break your 12 millimeter, they won't replace the 12 millimeter because you didn't bring the set back. But you can kind of see their, their point there. Oh, well, you're saying you, like... to, you used to be able to go to Sears with your 12, you just bring the 12 millimeter and they'll hand you a new 12 millimeter. Oh, and you're done. just that one. Okay, but yeah. I mean, Carver Freight though, they're always like, you know, it's like one set, so it's like they're not going to like break it up for you. That's what they said to the guy on YouTube. They told oh. him, we're not going to break up this because what are we going to do with this other set? It's like, well, <laughs> we don't know. That's your problem. You get yeah. your warranty. The 10 millimeter <laughs> meme I saw now that they actually have a 10 millimeter set that you can buy. Arbor they do. A, a set of 10 millimeter sockets. <laughs> yeah. In the in three different sizes. So, I don't know if I, you know, quarter, three eighths, and long and short sockets. You get just 10. All ten, all the tens you might need. Nice. So, so, so now, now in between uh, TTI and Harbor Freight, or I, I guess you were still at TTI, but you said you you were actually able to re work remotely during that time, correct? Mm -hmm. I actually but, uh, worked uh, the last my last two years, at, uh, three years at TTI remotely. Which is interesting because I mean it's not interesting. That that in itself isn't interesting because a lot of people think that that's like a, a goal, like oh I'll work remotely, that'll be awesome. But but you know, having talked to you earlier, you said that wasn't you didn't like that at all. Is, is that is that right? Um, I think it had its pluses and pros and cons, and I think a lot of people over COVID learned that. You know, when I started working remote, and you know, I was one of only a few people at the whole company that was that was allowed to do this at that time, uh, and people just thought, oh that's great. You know, you're just playing games, sleeping in and, and doing whatever. Uh, where actually, you know, I was working full days just like you. I was just buried in my basement with nobody else to talk to really. Yep. Um, and so, you know, people ask me, well, is it easy to get distracted? And I said it is. I mean, there's a lot of distractions in the house and things. Um, but I said, I, I called it work. I, came, I call this thing work density. I like this idea of work density, that when I'm working from home, and I'm really focused, especially in the mornings, you know, I get the kids off or whatever, and I have a cup of coffee and I'm on my computer, there's no distractions. Man, that first two or three hours, like I mm -hmm. work density or the amount of work that I'm able to get in that short period of time is amazing. Um, but then the I lows, worked a job for a while where I'd get interrupted all the time. That was just part of the job. But when I needed to get stuff done, I'd just stay home and I would just plow through. You know, I could work for three hours straight at home and get more done than I would in three days in the yeah, office i agree so but this is yes. going to be different now that everybody's working from home it's a very different dynamic yeah. when well it's funny because you know companies came out and said like oh we see that all our workers can work just as efficiently at home as they do at work i don't know that i truly believe that i, I think the output that they see is the same but in terms of the efficiency i think people are more efficient at home in in shorter amount of time and so 
you know, is that a good thing or a bad thing? You know, as a company, you could say, well, we could demand more from some of our people. And as a, as a person at home, you're saying, this is great. I can get done in the first four hours of the day what I used to in eight or nine hours of the day in the office. Right. Well, why, why, so why didn't you like working from home then? If, if you were able to get, you know, plow through work, you know, whatever, what was, what was the problem? I would have missed uh, out on lunch. I used to love lunch at work and that was my yeah. favorite part of the day. Just get together with everybody, drive out to the restaurant for an hour and come back. That was a good, that was a good hour of the day. Well, you actually met Shakira at lunch one day, right? Is that? Uh, breakfast. Breakfast. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't really breakfast then. I didn't know. And I only, I'm only told that was Shakira. I don't know that it was Shakira. We used to, I used to work across the, across in the building across the canal from us was the Kid Craddock in the Morning Show. If you guys have ever, I guess they're nationally syndicated. I don't know what markets they're in. A big radio show is what you're saying. A big radio, a big morning radio show, and we were walking by and we said hello to this young lady that was standing outside the door of their little, <laughs> and we just continued on to get. To the breakfast, I went to get a drink, like a you know a bottle of something. And when we went back, the another lady we worked for, she said, Did, "You said hello, that like she was like that's Shakira that you were talking." And I'd be like, "Who's Shakira?" We didn't know who that was. We didn't know. We didn't know anything. But anyway, you missed lunch. But what did what did? You- yeah, I wouldn't have met Shakira if I worked from home. <laughs> and we wouldn't have this story today. That would have that would have changed my views of working from home if I could just meet Shakira every morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but but uh, honestly, the lunch lunch is what I missed. I, I missed the social aspect of it. I missed mm-hmm. seeing people, and you learn so much just from being around people that um, things you don't know or you just never thought you even needed to know. You know, but it's great hearing. You know what what problem are you trying to solve this week, Jeremy? And how'd you? Oh, okay, that's how you solved it. Um, and just that everyday consistent, you know, yes, you go to lunch and it was a nice break and you'd see people and, and you'd chit chat, but there's just so much about learning with others that, that you miss out on when you're stuck at home. Yeah. From what yeah, I keep no, hearing, for I as much as too. we like this social aspect, there's a, at least half of the people there hate the social aspect and it's draining and tiring and it's makes them anxious and, mm-hmm. and yeah, I don't, I don't know how I feel. I don't have a, a real opinion on this. I just thought I should mention that. I, I mean, I, I guess in my opinion, it's like, you know, with work, there's a lot of people, you know, I, I do miss having work friends and whatever, but I, you know, at the same time, there's, there's always some people you don't necessarily want to see every day too. So, you know, Jeremy, you could have real friends, like could have, regular friends. I've got a few, I've got a few friends. So, you know, sure you do. Did you, did you ask you. chat GPT for them or like, <laughs> Hey, work friends, are, work friends can be real friends, I, I suppose. <laughs> right. So, hey, speaking of that, though, Sam, you know, you, you still work from home, but you said sometimes you'll actually go, your parents own a restaurant, so sometimes you you go and help out there, right? It's kind of the, for the social aspect. Yeah, yeah, that- I, I enjoy it. It's a family restaurant that they've had for, you know, 35 years. So, uh, you know, I don't mind going in, especially if maybe they're short-staffed or they need an extra help. Like, you know, I don't I don't mind going in there and get to talk to customers. I get to work my hands on, on some, you know, different things. And um, plus, yeah. I always loved working working in the kitchen. I love cooking, and um, you know it's a, it's actually a nice escape. You know, yeah. They call it they call it work, but you know, I love what you do, and you never work a day of your life, kind of deal. That's awesome. Now you told me, you know, I guess it was before Christmas that you guys like at this. Can I? I can mention your. It's called the, sure. the Pita House. Or we're whatever. Pl- we're plugging. We're plugging your parents' restaurant. Is what I'm. The Pita House, which I've been there. It's it's excellent. It's it's very fresh, et cetera, et cetera. But you were saying that before the. Um, 
Christmas, you guys had a lot, I guess you guys have a lot of customers at that point for whatever reason, but you were saying you made like, what, a thousand pitas or something before the, not you personally, maybe you personally, but. Oh uh, yeah, I don't, I don't remember, I don't remember the exact number, but yeah, I mean, we were making, we were baking a lot of pitas in the morning and, and again, to, to many people, this may not sound like a lot, but this is a small, you know, family business. Um, so it was, yeah, it's pretty cool. So it was great. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. That, to me, that's filled a, a little um, escape that I've needed a way to get out, not necessarily have to think engineering or do engineering or technology, just just go out and, and do something a little bit different. Yeah, that's cool. Is it because it kind of you do you just show up whenever or does your dad call you? He's like, hey, we need a little little help here or kind of a mix or um, sometimes he'll let me know ahead. Like, you know, hey, if you don't have anything going on Thursday, if you could come in for a couple of hours, otherwise. You know, sometimes I get up and I just decide, you know, I, I don't have much on the on the plate and I don't really feel like, you know, doing whatever I'm doing and I'll just, I'll go in. So you yeah. kinda, and kinda your boss out, lets you do bit. this. My boss lets me do this, yeah. <laughs> well, that that's cool. Do they, now, do they have like, uh, you know, like regular customers like, oh, you know, that like know you and stuff? Is that, is that part of the deal or? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, that's. You know, customer, you're running all kinds, all kinds of people there, you know? Yeah. Well, former, profe- former professors like, Hey, what are you doing here? You know, <laughs> you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm the most, uh, world's most educated, uh, line cook, <laughs> I, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but, um, but anyway, after, after TTI, everything else, now you, you work yeah. for yourself. Now you, you decided to, to make that jump. You quit to do your own job and you think it's a huge deal and it is, but it's just kind of you do it, and then you are, and it's like, wow, that wasn't that wasn't as big a transition as I thought. I don't know. I don't know. What do you what do you think? Uh, you think that's accurate or, uh, or not? Yeah, I mean, there's different ways to look at it, right? I mean, there's a lot of people depending on your income, and so that's a motivating factor. Also, the anxiety factor, right? I mean, that's that's kind of the scary part about doing it is is are you going to fail or, or are you going to make it? Um, and and it kind of works out. It kind of pushes you, motivates you. Um, oh, for sure. Well, it either works out or it doesn't. It's yeah, and it's not always two. in your control, right? Yeah, right. Um, uh, has it has it worked out well for you so far? Are you pretty happy with your success? Oh yes, I, I, I mean I've been very happy. I, again, it's one of those I can choose the things I want to work on. You know, I, I do some consulting for different companies. Sometimes people bring you stuff, and it's just like yeah, I, don't, I don't know if I want to do that. And so, I mean, you're you have a couple options, right? You either price yourself out of it or hope to price yourself out of it. And sometimes they surprise you and say, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and then, then and, you know, it's like, well, yeah, you know, you know, if they want to do it for that price, well, I guess we'll do it. And then, um, you know, sometimes you can just say no or pick you one and do it. Yeah. And we can tell you're doing well with that nice vest and the cool headphones. I mean, it's, I mean, it's just uh, yeah, projecting. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a real, uh, uh, yeah. success. what do they call that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do they call that when you buy something for that looks what are they, luxury, not luxury purchase, you know, that you're, uh, you know what, the joke's, the joke's gone. I'm, I'm not. It's okay, Jeremy. Uh, we won't be mad. Conspicuous consumption. That's what I was looking for. Ooh. But not really. I mean, it. I drink gasoline just to, cause it's so cheap. Your headphones <laughs> may be not, I mean, Jeremy looks like he has the real fancy hair headphones. Uh, these are decent headphones. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I, um, you know, but they're not wireless like, like yours is on. So, you know, that's. Minor, yeah. minor wireless, Jeremy. Yours are? Yeah, but I'm using the wire because it's oh. uh, safer for for what we're doing. 
Well, if you're if it's wireless and you're using the wire, is it really wireless? That's kind of a Jeremy. Mine are conspicuous because they're Bose. Oh, oh yeah. that is and nice. And that's automatically conspicuous. See, I have the I, third nicest headphones on the show, yet I got called that? out for my headphones. Yeah, but mine were the cheapest <laughs> on the show. Yeah, but I'm it's not, not just your headphones. You. you have that. You have that vest, and you've got a nice shirt on. Yeah, and it looks yeah. like you've had a haircut recently, so you know. Yeah, I did. The, yeah, uh, and I cut my own hair. That's how I well could, off I am. I do as well. Do you? Oh, so, I just so I'm, I just shave it down to I just take the buzzers and make it as short as it'll go, and then. <laughs> And I then go to Great Club, so I guess days. I'm I'm really splurging. But yeah, well, oh, I've I've recently, I mean, for a while there, I was going somewhere to get my hair cut, but then uh, my son was really fighting back, getting scared of getting his hair cut. So I bought some clippers, and I said, you know, we, we I got his hair cut, and he said, Dad, get the same haircut. I said, All right, yeah. let's do it. Yeah. So what happens I if I use these on my own head? <laughs> <laughs> we got a you know a bit of a beard too. So do you just like do your whole whole face, the whole facial? <laughs> Official. <laughs> no, no, no. Those are separate, separate tools. There. Separate tools. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. So, so anyway, your 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 business. You know, you know, you could you could develop one of those in your business, but that's just I'll just throw that out there as a free idea. Um, your business is it is it Jeez, easy you've automation? You've not seen the that? haircutting robot from YouTube, have you, Jeremy? No, it sounds actually sounds. There terrifying. is one. It's terrifying. Well, you know, you saw him just like you did with the Ryobi and uh, Harper Freight. He'd go to the haircutting robot and up their game there. I, th- I think. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, your business. What is what is it called? Is it Easy? I believe Easy Automation. It's is Easy that right? N Innovation. Easy N Automation. Easy N Innovation. Yeah. Which is your initials? Easy Innovation. 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 Jeremy, innovation. you got to say it right. Easy N innovation. innovation. So just yeah. just one. Maybe it's Innovations. I think there's an S on there. Oh well, you don't. <laughs> Well, if you don't know, I don't want to just innovate one thing. Yeah, you should. That's true because yeah, that'd be kind all of a, the thing. All the things. So anyway, easy and all the automations. Is it anyway? So what? What is your like? What is a typical project, or what is your latest project that you're working on? Um, personally, for myself, or for uh, for for business. Uh, what what's Jeremy your... means to ask is, what's the thing you want to tell us about? Is, is it could be work related? It could be personal. Whatever it is, we'll be excited to hear. Whatever you're excited to talk about will be the best thing to hear about. For All sure. right. So, so, so broadly, um, I work. I, I do work for a couple different companies. I can't, I can't name those or specifically what I'm currently working on for them. But um, you know, they'll come to me with a problem they need solved. Um, whether it's a new design that they want, um, and I'll take it anywhere from concept design. I'll can create CAD models for them. 3D models. I can help them find suppliers. I can prototype. Um, so I kind of did the the whole development process for a company that needs help with with things like that. Um, and then for on the fun side of things, um, I guess more on the prototyping development side, I did invest in a in a laser cutter. I know Jeremy has one as well. Um, so that's that's been fun. I've I've you know done some hobby stuff as well as I've actually used it for real work prototyping, you know, cutting parts and being able to use it to, to build prototypes. It um, is nice to have gear at home to make, even if it's not the end product, to put your hand on things. There's so many things I design. I don't know if this happens to you, but I'll design a thing and I'll put numbers in for measurements thinking, yeah, that seems right in my brain. And then you 3D print it or you cut it on the CNC and you're like, well, that's way too big or that's way smaller than I expected. Yeah. And you have to... And yeah. I lo- the reason I love the laser cutter is instant satisfaction right the 3d printer yeah. it's like 
All right, I can print. It's going to take me 15 hours to even know if I messed up on this. The laser cutter, you know, you're talking, it depends what you're doing, but, you know, if a simple shape that you're cutting, you're, you're talking 30 seconds, you can have a part cut out. And, um, oh, yeah. Know, so that's that's really cool, I think, with the laser stuff. It is It is great. And I guess just thinking about, you know, your business, um, you know, you doing business like that, you at that point, I, I feel like probably having your doctorate and, and your PE too, I, I believe, Yes. Your professional engineering certificate, you know that that probably gives you. Yeah, I would say more than anything else, I think it gives people a comfort level in terms of credibility, right? Um, my my experience definitely, and and my my background of what I've done in the past, and then you know they see you're highly educated and and you've taken your license, and in the engineering world, it's it, people know that the license isn't really an easy thing. It's a I mean, it's a challenge to to take that test and and get get licensed. Yeah, we've been trying to get Jeremy to do it. Well, yeah, in the back of my mind, I think maybe I should, but it does seem seem like a hard thing. I mean, I've passed my FE, which is future engineering. I've, I've passed my certification be, to become an engineering engineer in training, technically. So that's that seems a little humiliating, but you know, it, yeah, it's a future thing. Future engineering sounds like you're already. That's the later one. I would tell everyone. Well, that's true. I, I guess yeah. If you want to, yeah, I've got an FE. I'm. Future, yeah. I can engineer the future, and uh, now I, I don't use my P. I've never used my PE for anything. I mean, I don't I don't sign off on drawings or anything like that. To me, it was kind of that professional check mark that I want. You know, that to me that was just one of my goals. Yeah, I wanted to get it. I have the check mark now. Um, you know, my industry. It, it, you know, I was in consumer products. Nobody really requires PE, but again, right. I, I got that check mark, and that's to me that's what I wanted. Yeah, but I mean, I, you know, I feel like between between your certifications, even though maybe that uh, anyway, be, I think I feel like between that probably probably helps you as a single consultant, or mm -hmm. I guess you would consider yourself that, right? Yeah. Um, like you're saying, nice, nice no, he's educational, easy background. innovation. E oh, good, easy and innovation. Yeah, that's a nobody yeah. knows. It's just don't tell everyone. It's just him. He might yeah, have a whole a, team behind him that they don't know. Got a whole workforce. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, it's uh, well, you could potentially. I mean, you know, you might, you might yeah, talk yeah. to somebody for some ideas. I, th I think I, I think you asked me something one time, so that's kind of, you know, I, I got that you makes back. you a consultant, Jeremy. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. Well. Cool. Well. That's. Um, yeah. I feel like we've. Yeah, I've been doing a. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put one more last thing in there that I've been doing that that sure. you guys m might find interesting. I don't know if either of you are big sports guys, but I I love sports. Um, I'll pretty much watch anything. Or so recently, you know, I told you I I started learning Python a couple years ago, and and programming is always one of those where you kind of need a project to learn. It's I'm not one of those that's going to sit through the book and you know you know define your variable x. You know, I'm not going to sit down and do that. But I found a project that's like you know I love sports and tra tracking statistics, so started messing around with uh, with Python and college football and I've actually built a neural network now trying to predict uh, scores of games and stuff so that's been <laughs> how's been it working fun. out uh you know I'm more around the 50 percent <laughs> which well, uh, a coin flip is pretty great. good a coin flip is way better than it sounds like it is <laughs> hmm. um, but it's it, it's been fun and, and I've it, really, it's more about the opportunity to learn Python. It taught me how to, you know, work with lists and import data and, and manipulate data and make charts. And 
Well, yeah, you know, you showed me um, some stuff you've been working on, and I just, you know, my, my thought was, you know, it'd be pretty cool to have, you know, again, come, going back to you having the credentials, say, okay, you know, Dr. Dr. Assam Namuz came up with this chart for yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada, for like, you know, whatever, a sports website or a, something like that. It'd be kind of a, I don't know, cool publication yeah. opportunity. Is that is that something you, you've it, thought it of? It is, and I've, and I've, I've flipped that into, um, you know, income producing, producing work because I was working for a company and they were doing some uh, data capturing and then they, they had an intern going through all these charts and marking different points, highs, lows, averages, you know, measuring, you know, calculating time in Excel. And I wrote a Python program for them that they could just click on it. The data always looks the same and I would generate the chart. I would find the high points, low points, averages, whatever they needed. Um, and, and again, you don't want to talk about taking away people's jobs, but that, that opened up the intern to work on other stuff. Yeah. So that's where, that's where you do, you find something that you like to do and, and, you learn it just to learn it, and then you never know where that what what door that's going to open for you. Oh, for sure. There's been so many times that I I learned something, or you know, even even misinterpret somebody's something somebody says, and then I was you know, then it becomes an idea, you, you know, and it's 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 cool how that all all works, you know. Just opens up a opens up a neural network in your in your head. If that's so, I have a neural network in my head, Jeremy. I'll have you know. We all, hey, we my, all do. I have to contribute my. I have to contribute my programming days back to my my great boss over at uh, Timken. We were, you know, doing just wow. some ladder ladder logic back in the day on on the PLCs. So. Oh yeah, that's right. It's uh. Your old boss sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty cool. He was pretty cool. <laughs> nah, it's it's uh. You know, I'm glad I do what I do now, you know, working for myself, but it's, it's interesting, you know, the experiences both, you know, mostly good, you know, you know, anyway, it's interesting all the experiences contribute to your knowledge and stuff. So, you know, it, yeah, and you it never seems... know which thing is going to be the thing that gets you an opportunity or makes you have an idea or, I mean, geez, it's funny how often you run into people, like you run into people that they'll say, oh, you're the guy who whatever it is x y z like the thing that you don't think you're really known for that you don't think is a big deal but that's the thing they remember you for yeah yeah that's yeah, interesting and, and, I'll, and i'll even add to that you know my la- the last piece of, of business that i kind of do now is um, i've been doing a little bit of medical device development so um you know you say who you meet or whatever i met i met a guy in my neighborhood who's a physician and we started talking and uh, you know, what I do and how I develop things. And I like, I like that kind of stuff. And he said, man, I really wish I had this. And next thing you know, we, we have a, a product that's, you know, patent pending now that we're, we're working on. So awesome. um, just, awesome. just really cool. And it's just a whole nother world there of opportunity. Well, I mean, I, th- I think we've, uh, we had a pretty good interview. I think, uh, is there anything else you want to tell us about us all before we, before we get going or? No, I appreciate it. Thank you guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, this has been fun. Well, you, yeah. We appreciate you coming on. I've, I've known Assam for many years, and you're a great guy, and great to, you know, great to let you tell tell your story. Yeah, about, we catch so. up every once in a while. You know, we'll get on the phone and talk nerdy stuff for, for an hour every, yeah, every couple sure. weeks. Yeah. Or so. yeah. And now Jeremy says no more doing that. You have to do it on the air so that so Jeremy can yeah. get paid. Do we get paid for this? No. Your website, what's your website? Somebody want to get in touch with you? What, what do they what do they do? Uh, I'm not that fancy, no website or anything, but you can find me on LinkedIn if you want. Um, my name is Assam, E-S-S-A-M, as in Mary, and Namu's N-A-M-O-U.
U Z. So and we'll um, write that down somewhere here. I appreciate that. that. Yeah. You know Assam is doing well if he doesn't need a website for marketing. So you're <laughs> gonna have true. to pay a lot for his He's services. Like the, with the A team, you have to find if you could find him, he'll help you out, or whatever they said. <laughs> Yeah, but we're getting in touch with Jeremy. Jeremy can uh, share some of my contact information. Hey, Jeremy will be the filter. If you're not going to pay enough, Jeremy won't let you through the <laughs> gatekeep that for it. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks so much. It's good. Uh, good talking to everybody. Yeah. We can. Nice we can sign off, Jeremy. Yeah. Enjoyed. Oh, what? nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Nice to meet everybody. <laughs> Do I hit the stop button, Jeremy? If, if you like. Is I mean, this that's, the time? that's what we say every time. But but don't don't hang up. My processor is a neural network, a learning computer. The CPU is a neural net processor, a learning computer. Uh, this will be the trigger for the hockey stick. <laughs>